Welcome to our continuing series, Explorations in Savagery and the Joy of Savagery. As always, with our beloved brother, Alok. Namaste, sir. We begin today Canto 2, which is actually one of my most beloved cantos, mm. because we have the description of savagery, of which Amal Kiran said, Ne plus ultra, there is nothing above this, nothing higher. And Chotin Narayan agreed with me completely. You know the passage well. Yes, he asked Shurabindra also. He had asked for he some did poetry, ask him. yes, which is of through and through our mind. And Shubhendra sent this sample. Yeah. And he said, you know, if you have asked for it, yeah. this is the one. Yes. And then in his humility, he said, there is perhaps something yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. of the overmind. So it has the touch directly of Shubhendra himself. Yes, yes. And we see here this extraordinary look back into Savitri's lives, who she was and all through the past and and he comes up with this line here and, and it's a long sentence it's a long sentence about I think page 11 page 11, yes um, as in a many-hued flaming inner dawn her life's broad highways and its sweet bypaths lay mapped to her sun-clear recording view. From the bright country of her childhood's days and the blue mountains of her soaring youth and the paradise groves and peacock wings of love to joy clutched under the silent shadow of doom in a last turn where heaven raced with hell. And then he gives us this line, Twelve passionate months led in a day of fate. An absolute supernatural darkness falls on man sometimes when he draws near to God. An hour comes when fail all nature's means, forced out from the protecting ignorance and flung back on his naked primal need. He at length must cast from him his surface soul and be the ungarbed entity within. So you see there are beautiful, interesting suggestions here. One is that when she looks back, she this, there are various ways of looking back. There is a mental memory where you know people remember a kind of details of what they converse with and you know what was the thought, you said this, you said that. Then there are emotional memories, but here, by the suggestion of flaming inner dawns, these are memories which she has treasured into her deepest, inmost soul. Yes. So these are more like psychic memories which she has gathered within. But what is interesting is, just in this one passage, which of course is one of my favorites also, I think, uh. Uh, none can reach heaven who has not passed through hell. Yes. <laughs> so... So the corollary is also true. If you are going through hell, means heaven is nearby. Just wait for the end of the tunnel. But look at these wonderful, interesting suggestions. Darkness drawing near to God. 
but even more interesting protecting ignorance hmm. so ignorance protects us oh, from yes. what from the bliss of the infinite and why because we cannot take it it'll be too overwhelming yes yes, yes. it'll be too vast yes so you know arjuna's ignorance was that me and krishna are two human beings and uh, we are friends and we are here on the battlefield but when for a moment the veil of ignorance is gone and when he looks at krishna with another eye then he is frightened he sees that the divine is not just the savior he is also the destroyer and he cannot take this vision he is shattered he is shaken to the core shattered is the word absolutely yes, because it shatters the ego That's why the ego finds it so difficult to surrender to the divine because it means breaking down of limits limits of our thoughts limits of our feelings limits of our usual will uh, you know which moves within confined and narrow channels and directions so all these limits are shattered so ignorance is needed because if prematurely they are shattered uh, we may actually go crazy because all the limits uh, keep us safe and make us feel human make us feel who we are and when these measures are gone the standards of conduct as shivinda says or standards of life which ordinarily drive humanity they are gone no more safety no more safety so this is a protecting ignorance yeah. so ignorance plays its role in the beginning like a child cannot gaze long to the light because he'll be blinded so this is one suggestion where we see something paradoxical then again naked primal need mm. so we have never thought it like that that what is our naked primal need basically here shivinder is using the word naked in what a interesting way on one side there is a protecting ignorance which like a dress around us then when we strip ourselves of all these garbs garbs of being you know the pretentious garb the shows the shams the false identities with which we move around into the world flattering ourselves yes. or demeaning ourselves equally yes. you know sometimes uh, people don't realize the other day someone here only was uh, suddenly quoting tagore for whatever reason and he quoted tagore as saying that well uh, tagore says that people flatter me a lot but i know how hollow i am and uh, still i take on to that and take it as if it's true something to that ex- extent but in the bargain i lose my contact with you now at one level it is true but we are neither hollow nor are we great we need not be you know both evaluations one is a rajasic ego the other is a tamasic ego in fact we are not <laughs> or we just are <laughs> one of the two propositions is fine <laughs> but the moment we put an epithet so what is this naked primal need whether life or death i am that is something fundamental nobody can take it away that no doom has the power to take away so we have this naked primal need ungarbed so it starts with you know protecting ignorance the naked primal need and then ungarbed so garb of the ego when that is removed then we know who we are and sometimes in life crisis comes to do that precisely see otherwise we are all the time carrying these uh, all uh, identities around us but there are moments in life when nothing helps 
that moment we have to fall back upon who we think we are who we believe we are and how many ways yeah. sri arabindo can phrase something of the soul yes the ungarbed entity entity, yes. entity within if we just make a compilation of all yes, yes. the things that shirobindo has said about the soul from savitri we'll see think, how much plasticity and infinity pours absolutely into a single thing and that's why the joy of savitri because what i realize that you know we become sometimes too technical too mechanical oh this line this word but mm-hmm. when you have when you are freed from all those trappings savitri is an ocean swim into it yes doesn't matter where which just read it and take the joy yes. of it yes so you know this line as you said another thing which uh, i find very interesting that here in the issue he actually brings out what is the real problem and i think um, why we I, of course those who have endowed with faith well they trust shirobindo because it's the eye of faith but logically speaking why one trust shirobindo logically purely uh, i don't like this word when we deal with our master but nevertheless there are logic logical logicians because you can give me a solution if you know the problem you know there are doctors who have hardly heard you and they begin to write a prescription and the patient is not happy he says you have not heard me you have not understood my issue what really is the issue of man now you know it's easy to say it's illusion and you know moksha and but this is not the issue at all nobody if if life is beautiful here nobody would want moksha yes life is not beautiful in its appearances and we want it to be beautiful this is man's real aspiration moksha is like when there is no choice then well okay maybe this can't change but if this can change any day we will prefer this because that's why we are here so this is the problem now shubindu touches that core and says why it is not so and how it can become so after all you know that's why we begin to we begin to grow with an idea that life should be perfect it's inbuilt we are programmed like that deep within and then when we see it's not perfect you know he he brings in yeah. so beautifully the karmic yes thing um he says of course this is a long sentence i'll only yeah, yeah it's I'll worth it like you know he okay. he brings out the problem at several places here and it's worth reading each one of them okay uh start with for only the unborn spirit's timeless power can lift the yoke imposed by birth in time only the self that builds this figure of self can raise the fixed interminable line that joins these changing names these numberless lives these new oblivious personalities and keeps still lurking in our conscious acts the trail of old forgotten thoughts and deeds disown the legacy of our buried selves the burdensome airship to our vanished forms accepted blindly by the body and soul so so he does not blindly subscribe to the karmic mechanism no not at all he says it's not right it's not fair and anybody with a little common sense can see this yeah. what happened in my past maybe few lives back and yet it is so true that it becomes a fetter to your feet even in one life we see you know as is 
beautifully put the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak yeah. it's it's so true of everyone and people because of this simple thing they either give up or they begin to develop guilt they begin to have issues but basically why should it be that my past hinders my future yes. it should not so he he points out first that yes there is a trail of old forgotten deeds yes. we don't remember but we accept it blindly but then you read those next few lines yeah. because they are so beautiful a once living story yes but even this an episode yes yes where are we uh, an episode an episode in an unremembered tale its beginning lost its motive and plot concealed a once living story has prepared and made our present fate child of past energies and then he gives us a solution mm. which he has given in the yes. beginning yes that the self can erase so the first thought that comes very clearly that destiny can be changed and i think it's important to emphasize it any number of times yes this idea that has gone into the indian mind that you know karma is inevitable and it has been thrust upon us to believe that uh, indian thought is fatalistic but wherever i have read indian thought i found it's not true the ramayana is not fatalistic otherwise rama should have said well that's my destiny i had told my wife not to step out but she stepped out now what can i do my past karmas krishna is not fatalistic krishna bids arjuna to fight whether you win or lose fight to win or lose the god like game, game for, for man. man exactly savitri is not fatalistic right none of the stories i have read in indian mythology are fatalistic i don't know where this idea of karma as being something fixed has come in probably the pandits because then you can go to them and give money and get some puja but i'm sorry <laughs> we won't edit that no 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 it's fine, it's fine. you know <laughs> i you know, it's important to disabuse our mind of these absolutely archaic thoughts which are not there i mean I, i'll be very happy if somebody points out but it's not there you know indian thought takes the challenge of death of fate and it doesn't matter whether you win or lose take the challenge and i love that spirit and i think that's the aryan spirit if you really go back to the past yes that's the aryan spirit to win or lose is not the issue to play the game well now i would feel sorry if i didn't play the game well not whether i won or lose who would like to win by fluke right but if you win the play the game well even if you lose you have the joy at the end of the day that well i played it it doesn't matter how i played it i mean i played it well it doesn't matter what what was the result of it so this thing that uh, he is uh, basically giving us that and this will come again at the end look the power in these lines the fixity of the cosmic sequences because there is an interconnectedness yes. fastened with hidden inevitable links we cannot see them and yet she must disrupt dislodge by her soul's force so what is the process just keep increasing the soul power within nothing else required of course there is grace and all that comes to later just keep increasing the soul power there is no other power which can undo this yes. fixed sequence people try to struggle with their mind and then they fail 
then they again do a mental tapasya or they try some method technique but unless you increase the light within how can you struggle with darkness while you are still in darkness so he gives us the way her past a block on the immortal's road make a raised ground and shape and new her fate so this is one part of it yeah. but there is another you know it's if it was just a question of individual and the karmic sequences there would have been no problem right. i mean it's problem but not that much problem but there are cosmic powers that don't want you to go further and this is what she has to face she has to face the 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 gods yes the titans none of them want the human soul to be a victor so we have those lines also which come later also but here she has to because this human beings can't do yeah. so she has to plead our case gods don't keep men as cattle set them free yeah. they are my children yeah. and equally to the titans don't dare to hold my children captive so she has to fight this then uh, there is another place where you know he he describes the problem very beautifully and we'll come back to that passage you were referring to because that's a very beautiful passage mm. so just the problem how he states we'll come back to that passage but now on page 17 ah 17 i had something for 17 yes <laughs> maybe you know okay from shakespeare to be or not to be that is the question whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to say we end sorry to sleep sea of trouble to die to sleep no more and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to tis a consummation devoutly to be wished to die to sleep to sleep perchance to dream ay there's the rub for in that sleep of death what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause and then look at this so this the other challenge the darkness which is there in terrestrial things the very atmosphere of earth the moment and you enter into the mortal cloak yes and shri arbindo now yes whether to bear with ignorance and death or hew the ways of immortality to win or lose the godlike game for man was her soul's issue thrown with destiny's dice but not to submit and suffer was she born to lead to deliver was her glorious part and then Look there's at a the difference of... in shakespeare and shearbinder's lines incredible huh shakespeare's so powerful but profundity the profundity heights look how he describes our humanity which we 
so much gloat about. Yeah. The other day I was reading, Mother says, well, what the scientists are doing, it's all right, it's their business. But I am yet to meet somebody who can predict the future. Mm. You are still a slave. You may have discovered all the laws, but you remain still a slave. Slave of ignorance, slave of death, slave of all the forces of nature that can besiege you. And here comes a description. And you know, it, it is very, you know, just as in the Gita in his own way, Shri Krishna awakens Arjuna to fight. So here, when Shobindo speaks of this passage, in this passage, he is asking us not to be this. And we, have ne- we never look at ourselves like this. We think we are all in control and, you know, we like to be in control and we put one or two human beings under us and dominate over them and we think we are in control. But is that really so? Now, you know, the latest, you know, the myth, the many, many bubbles are being burst. The myth of privacy, the myth of freedom, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> all the data. <laughs> you thought you were in control. You thought that nobody was watching you <laughs> because people are very decent out there because they speak decently. But here the myth goes. <laughs> Look at this line. Here was no fabric of terrestrial make. If you really want to be part of Shurbindo's movement, what is needed? I, there are many ways of looking at it. This is one of them. It's not that you know you have to know all the shastras. You have to be a deeply, devoutly religious man. None of this. Look at the kshatriya part. Here was no fabric of terrestrial. Yeah. So what is this? You know our way of life, which we should discard, fit for days used by busy, careless powers. The gods and the titans and many others in between, they use us, drive us from morning till night. An image fluttering on the screen of fate came and vanished. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a story of Chotanaranji, incidentally. So, you know, he, he was like a wandering sadhu. And when he had come here, he had asked mother for some work. And mother sent a message through Nalnida. He is reading and writing. Let him continue reading writing. So he continued that. And that's how he started going everywhere and speaking. With mother's permission. People have this weird idea that you know you are not supposed to go yes. speak. And must work for a certain fixed hours. But this he directly he was telling me. He said so you know he would travel. Um, I had very nice uh, moments with him. And so he oh. was sharing that once uh, Nanital used to come, then here also we became very close. Mm. So he was sharing a story that he said once I went to a rich man's house. So he asked him to stay, so he stayed on. So the rich man asked him, Ki, Chaknaranji, you are such a good writer. Can you write my biography? <laughs> <laughs> so Chaknaranji said, Okay, Lik denge. He had a fantastic sense of humor. He is enjoying every day morning cup of tea and he was really inwardly a free man. <laughs> so after 10-15 days he asked him, Kuch hua kya? Have you, you know, something could you write? He said, ah, I have written something. Ah, can I hear it? So see, he starts reading. He says, once there was a worm <laughs> who lived in a castle. <laughs> His life was centered around how to eat, how to sleep. 
and that man is confused he doesn't know what what's happening <laughs> and in hindi hindi to after one paragraph he stops him aap kiske bare mein likh rahe ho for whom are you have you written this so he says why you asked me this is the story of man isn't it i mean i don't know anything different about your or anybody's story then he didn't know he was very embarrassed and chutna and he had a he could sometimes embarrass people with his utter straightforwardness once you know one mahamandaleshwar you may be interested to know this mahamandaleshwar big people in hindu religion like you know cardinals uh-huh. so he went and met him and uh, somebody took him there uh, something bishops and cardinals so he went there and so this man who took him there he was not keen to meet but he would meet all kinds of people just like that so he pointed out that he has come from shirbindo ashram so this mahamandaleshwar says oh shirbindo who writes the same thing again and again that was it he was reading ashtavakra gita and chotnaranji had vast knowledge of you know even scholarly knowledge of all these yes, things yes. who had read the mahabharata in original he had all the volumes ramayana and all the scriptures and different types of gita so he tells him you know the book which you are reading ashtavakra gita i can recite you from backward to front <laughs> whoa but can you tell me one sentence of shobindo which you have read where he tells the same thing over and over again he exposed his lie in one moment this man didn't know obviously he had not read he didn't know so he is fumbling no no is this uh, you are speaking aap kisko le aaye whom have you got he doesn't know how to behave with he said no no it's not about behavior <laughs> now when there is shastra is shastra it's not about behavior <laughs> so that kind of a person so very straightforwardly he told him ki well this is human life so here we have a description half animated for a passing show human life is like that or a cast away on the ocean of desire gods are playing with us the shudra gods the lower gods the vital gods using us as an instrument of desire then when the job is over when we cannot fulfill their appetite thrown away sick now you are in the hospital where are those vital god they are playing with somebody else they have switched screens flung to the eddies in a ruthless sport and tossed along the gulfs of circumstance a creature born to bend beneath the yoke a chattel and a plaything of time's lords Or one more pawn who comes destined to be pushed. One slow move forward on a measureless board. In the chess play of the earth's soul with doom. Such is the human figure drawn by time. But one stood up and lit the limitless flame. Yes. I love these passages. You know? Oh yes, and then, I'm sure everyone, you know, it's so fiery, so inspiring. Yes. We are not here for this. We are not here to be in our comfort zones, in our cocoons, in our housing. Yeah. You know that yeah. slogan, "Roti, kapda, makan." What is it called in English? Housing, food, and shelter. That's all. Human life is nothing more than that. Yeah. Even animals have it. Yeah. Plus, they have some emotions. 
So what should be different about human life? Something more, something different. And this is the first time we see that he calls Savitri a self-born force. Yes, yes. A conscious frame was here, a self-born force. This is the original sense of, uh, you know, these stories where uh, a power or a conscious being is born through yagna. Now, unfortunately, they, they don't understand. So, in both Draupadi and Savitri story, they are yagya saini, they are born out of a yagna. The parent or the father does the yagna. But uh, I saw one of the interpretations, unfortunately, of uh, the great uh, Mr. Devdath Patnaik. But he suddenly shows Savitri is born fully adult. Now, that's silly. I mean, they must be hallucinating to make a full-blown lady by yagna. By yagna, it means that she, with the fire of aspiration, a conscious being enters into a baby. Yes. But that being is far ahead in his, his or her inner life, comes for a mission and will eventually fulfill it. He is watching over and making sure that the destiny moves in that direction. It's not just about a you know, grown-up being and all beings who come, is this story of conscious birth is several times comes in Mahabharata and even the Ramayana. That you know, when you do a yagna, when it's not just producing another child, but by yagna, by sacrifice, by aspiration, by lighting the flame inside, you bring a child who comes with a particular mission. And when you don't do this yagna and get a child, he is there simply to fulfill your ambition. That's your shadow which passes into yes, the child. Yes. So here is, you know, the conscious frame is self-born force. And look at the word conscious frame. He is speaking about the mind, life and body. Yes, yes. Even that is conscious. Even as a child, her body is conscious. And, and mother gives several instances of that. And this is, should there be no devotes a whole book to the yes, birth and yes, quest. Yes, yes. There it's described. Yeah. Now you see, uh, now again he brings the problem once again. In this enigma of the dusk of God, where day and night meet, this slow and strange, uneasy compromise of limiting nature with a limitless soul. I think this is the real issue. Yes. The soul always dreams of beauty, of perfection, of love. But nature doesn't allow it. It runs in fixed grooves. And all the great dreams which Shakespeare is referring to, they begin to turn into dust as soon as we wake up to the so-called harsh realities. So this is the other problem. So why should the soul retreat? It must impose itself on nature and fulfill itself. Where all must move between an ordered chance and an uncaring blind necessity. Now he gives the subtle reason for this. To hide the fire spiritual dare not blaze. It's not allowed. There is a divine purpose behind it. It's a slow preparation of nature. If it's too rapidly, the soul fire increases and nature is not ready. What will happen? The soul either there will be a breakdown too much fire, you know, the baker who bakes the clay, he knows it very well. Mm-hmm. That if you are, you know, preparing the cake, if you raise the temperature too much, it's all burnt. 
it's too light, it's uncooked. Yeah. So you have to have just the right temperature for the right time. So it's a slow process. Otherwise, nature will just finish off. That's why you cannot, even if you want, you know, you have read and you aspire and aspire, but nature will bring you back. Basically, what is nature doing? It's simply saying that I am also here. Don't ignore me. Don't neglect me. You have to take me along. I too must share something of this light. And those who try to force it through the mind, it doesn't work out because then it recoils back. Yes. And recoils in a very, very sharp way. So it's by the slow growth of this fire and nature gradually gets oriented. So he is giving us the reason. And here we get the word shatter. Shatter. If once it met the intense original flame, if this spiritual fire blazes, blazes and touches the original flame, which is the supramental house of the fire that's where the Agni's original house the divine will so what would happen an answering touch might shatter all measures made and earth sink down with the weight of the infinite so you see so many things should be there and the mother had to see while they are embodying they have to also wail they have to give only this much not too much how much at the same time they have to prepare that we be ready to receive more and more so this is the process of this yoga and if one is impatient then this yoga is not for the person. You have to be patient, you have to be enduring, you have to be persevering, you have to refuse to give up, you have to live with trust and keep on, keep on increasing to whatever extent. Sometimes it will be, as he said, it's a trench warfare. So you move one step forward, you move one step backward. Sometimes there will be days like that, maybe in the beginning weeks and months. Then sometimes you see suddenly you have leaped covered a big ground you don't know how and then you look back and say grace must have pushed me through the chest <laughs> then you are moving everything is wonderful then again you meet something and you start falling up and down up and down this is the process because it's a preparation and then and it applies at the same thing collective level so people who get too disheartened by seeing uh, you know 5 years or 10 years in the history of a nation or the world uh, just need to you know have a little more trust in the divine and then he brings another dimension to it a jail is this immense material world across each road stands armed a stone-eyed law so because the material world so the stone-eyed law means it will not look left not look right we have classic example you know, every time you go inside, if there is a diktat, no flowers, no flowers. You can't say, you know, I feel today so deeply moved. Please allow me to offer a small little flower at the samadhi. No. So people have found ways. For every law, you, you have a way. <laughs> so people carry it like this, smiling face. <laughs> what to do? You know... Because <laughs> the soul in man is stronger than his fate. <laughs> you suddenly, you know, take two steps extra forward. So, you know, because obviously, you know, absolute rules is stupidity. Yes, you have rules, but there should always be a deeper understanding. The spirit has to be respected. That don't create chaos by all kinds of heaps of flowers. That is understandable. Right. <laughs> so, but stone-eyed law. 
in the little room, the little meditation room where Mother used to give uh, soup. Yes. Where Sri Aramina's presence is in the photo. Yes. They've closed it forever. I know that. And they yeah. told me, you'll just have to get used to it. No, I, I know, you know, it was so beautiful as you oh. were entering. Ah. And very often instead of turning right, I go straight and then turn. Yes. And you, you get that vision of, you know, the, the room where Sri Aramina and then yes. you turn. Now there is a door shut on to you. So, so I said, okay, that means Lord will now begin to open more and more your inner doors. Good for you. Because he, he will steal in. <laughs> Nothing can stop him from stealing in. But yeah, that, that kind of, you know, yeah, just yeah. Rules, rules for whatever fanciful thing. So stone-eyed law. At every gate, the huge dim sentinel space. A great tribunal of the ignorance. An inquisition of the priests of night in judgment sit on the adventurer's soul. So there are, you know, when you walk this path towards utter freedom, even your closest ones will not understand you. They'll sit on judgment. Because they don't understand freedom. Yes. People understand law, they understand rules. But freedom? Yes. What is that? And mother says that. My child, one of the reasons why we created the ashram was to learn to lead a normal life and yet free within. But we either mistake freedom for, you know, external, whatever I feel like I'll do. License. <laughs> Licentiousness. Or we think the other ways you must have a lot of rules one after another. But it doesn't help because see, only that rule helps which you have chosen yourself. Out of your own freedom, the bond you have chosen mm. because you have chosen this is the path for me to grow. Mm. So you choose mm. a bond and yet you are free inside. Yes. You are not bound by it. It's a journey, you know it. But you know, so... Uh, just one note on this word jail. Yes. G-A-O-L. Yes. The old English spelling. Sri Aurobindo uses this and J-A-I-L as well in South Jail delivery. Yes. <laughs> so he uses both spellings of jail. Jail delivery reminds me of Krishna's birth. <laughs> but when he uses it in the sense that we are all, you know, in a jail, we don't realize. Yes. Men like Stephen Hawking were lucky that, you know, because he was so crippled, he wanted to go beyond, if I have to psychologically understand he wanted to go beyond the boundaries of the material universe because materially he was so badly bound. Yeah, yeah. And indeed he crossed over. He gave the idea of multiverses. Of course this idea was there in philosophy as well as it started coming in science. But then he subscribed to that idea that there is, you know, the moment he said black holes information can be lost, it may evaporate. So where does it evaporate? So you have to come up with the idea of multiverse. There is something beyond this material universe. Now you see how he turned that jail into a means for... Because he realized. Yes. So while there are laws, order, everything is there. There is something out there which, which gives the sense of randomness unless you look beyond and... He didn't use the word. Perhaps they were still thinking of other material universes. But that doesn't matter because you can even use the word material universes... Provided you agree that matter is made differently. Shubhinder speaks of that in the life divine. Yes. Ascending series of substance. Then further. And the dual tables and the karmic norm 
restrain the titan in us and the god so we see saw between mm-hmm. good and bad virtue and vice pain with its lash joy with its silver bribe god the wheels circling immobility it doesn't allow us to go yes. beyond so this is the big challenge a bond is put on the high climbing mind a seal on the two large wide open heart death stays the journey discoverer life and i think this is the real problem that as long as there is disease as long as there is death you cannot have divine life upon earth as long as the body is what it is you can have wonderful experiences inside but frankly what's the point unless there is a step towards this conquest then it makes sense that this is a step on the journey but if these experiences are there just to make us feel happy then they become lollipops candies because you come back this is the same hard stuff of matter you have to come to grips with it it's iron law which doesn't allow all the beautiful things that you are experiencing yes it's very in fact it would be even more frustrating because so the divine sometimes pairs us because you have seen that you know that famous story of surdas that uh, radha the divine mother gives him sight out of her benevolence he is blind otherwise by birth and then he beholds her and then she says ask my child whatever boon you want he says take away these eyes oh. she says why yeah. the eyes that have looked upon you how can i see anything else people often ask you know on which note we can close you know till we have we had not come to pondicherry even today i was remembering this because some friends went so i was remembering those days with nostalgia when i would come as a visitor and what would happen on the day of going it is so pitiable so miserable you know i would suddenly slipped into that mood which now we take for granted that atmosphere the touch and you know you are beginning to get into that state oh i have to leave this behind i have to go back to that rut so you know having tasted shurbindo having known what mother and shurbindo are having felt this light which vibrates here you just can't take likeness to anything less it just spontaneously drops out because you just can't it's something too beautiful too unbelievably true so i suppose that's what it is that we are not allowed and as long as death is there as long as you know that's the tragedy that you know we have to go back and start again with the school bag yeah. and one of my things is i don't want to start with the school bag again it's not fair you have learned everything and then you have to start all over abcd again it's not done yeah but that's how life is so death stays the journey discoverer life so i think they hit the nail right on the head when they saw the problem that as long as there is disease death the limitations of nature the karmic law the gods the titans along with the aspiration of the soul life will be miserable 
either you become an animal which is obviously not the course or you evolve into something higher or if if that is not possible then shubhendra says then the only logical thing is escape then obviously then there is nothing more to be done but then it makes a nonsense of creation and naturally a nonsense of god's will in creation yes. i think we can stop here and read who the mother is on the day of her coming yes that beautiful passage wonderful yes and few more good